Hey there, joining me today is Sarah Peck, founder and CEO of The Startup Parent. We are going to be talking about how to say no and to stop trying to do it all. As parents and entrepreneurs, we think we can do it all and we get exhausted trying to do it. I mean, we're not these high profile celebrities with nurses and nannies and and cooks and chefs and personal trainers. We sometimes are on an island of our own where we're gonna get carried away about strategies to get out of our own way and to learn to say no. Let's get carried away. Season three of Get Carried Away is being launched today with my fabulous guest, Sarah Peck. She is CEO and founder of The Startup Parent, which is a brilliant branding name. And today we're going to be talking about how to say no and stop trying to do it all, which as parents, particularly moms, I feel, feel the need that they have to do. Sarah, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you. I don't know how you found the podcast or how we got into each other's beehives. But once I started, you know, stalking you on Instagram and LinkedIn and on your website, I was like, oh, yes, this is a great, great person I need to have. And my audience needs to hear from, um, because I feel like in the kind of entrepreneurial space, we feel like we have to choose, you know, am I a parent right now? Or am I an entrepreneur right now? And how to marry the two is a struggle for all of us. I know it was for me. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, on Twitter, I like to talk about crying a lot because I cry a lot. That's just who I am. And on Instagram, sometimes I have dance parties with myself and then turn it into a reel. So like, it's a really top-notch social media strategy. It just I, I'm like, loving it. Everybody write that down, dancing and crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's already giving nuggets of wisdom. Um, well, my first question is usually, um, if I were to talk to Sarah at the age of 10, would she tell me she wanted to be a startup parent coach? Oh, no. At 10, I mean, I was a really weird little kid. So like take everything she says with a grain of salt. But I did things like make Broadway performances that I made my family watch. Um, I would dress up and do like terrible renditions of songs. I would invent things like a scientist. I loved writing. I have way too many journals, like all those angst-filled journals of a <laughs> young tween. Um, <laughs> And I think when I grew up, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to be a mom. I knew those things. At least I knew I wanted to have a family when I grew up. So I'm not that far off. I like to be silly. I dance, even though I'm terrible at it. And I've never been formally trained and, um, I write a lot and, and I'm a parent. Love that. Um, totally off topic, quick favorite Broadway production go. Rent was one of the first ones that I saw. Good answer. Excellent. And Waitress, I just saw with my sister a couple years ago. I just saw Waitress in December of 2021. Yeah. I took my daughter. I took my daughter for the first time to New York. We saw, we had tickets for three shows, Waitress, Jagged Little Pill, and Six. Jagged got closed while we were on the plane to New York. But sitting in the audience watching Waitress, Sarah Borales is the most phenomenal like songwriter. Oh my gosh. It's such a good I mean, show. And I saw Hamilton. I was so lucky to get to see Hamilton. And then Freestyle Love Supreme was also Ooh. phenomenal. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. so good. Oh, that's so exciting. Oh, right. Another <laughs> musical theater fan. <laughs> this is great. We could, that's a whole nother podcast. I could talk about musical theater forever. Um, my kids are music. I can't sing by the way. Like I, I can't either, not, okay, <laughs> but it's fun to do. And I think we should do things even if we're bad at them. So. Yeah. I, actually, I sing really well in the car. 
you should hear me. I can belt out any tune, chorus line, Chicago, just watch out. All that jazz yeah. is all my jam. <laughs> Soon we'll be doing sing-alongs. <laughs> karaoke? Oh, I'm in. Now karaoke I can do because there's the backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> but and no. you're allowed to drink and like whatever and nobody and right get some drink. liquid yeah get right. some liquid right. courage and it's totally fine anyways okay well um i'm so glad to hear you love musical theater too that's that's amazing but um our topic how to say no and stop trying to do it all what kind of brought you to this evolution what kind of like brought you to like people need this I mean, I'll admit I'm, I have a problem and I'm trying to solve it. My problem is that I start tons of things, tons of projects. I like trying a lot of things. I even had a therapist tell me once you are not allowed to sign up for any more courses. Right. She's and I was like forever. And she's like, just this week, just this week, you just need a break. So I really like starting things. I used to run a website called it starts with, and I, I, I don't have an initiation problem. But gotcha. you can get overwhelmed, you can get exhausted, you can like not follow through on things. There are a lot of problems with doing too much. And we live in a culture that prioritizes doing too much. So it's basically like a hedonistic treadmill for overachievers. And I am too attuned that way. So I needed help. Then I became a parent. And it turns out you can't just put your baby like over there for a day while you do stuff, they actually need constant attention. You know, you can't even leave your house. Like if you have a dog, if you're a dog person, like I think I don't, I haven't had a dog, but I think you can leave your dog for like three or four hours, right? That's not cool, yeah, right? You can leave totally. like they have access to go to the bathroom by themselves, they'll sleep on the couch, whatever. Water, food, yeah. To a child. No. <laughs> you can't leave them for four hours at home. So once I had children and I was exhausted, sleep deprivation, I was working at a startup, I realized well, I'm going to need some new strategies. I'm going to have to figure out how do I do less? And I went through this whole process of figuring out what are the priorities? What is the definition of a priority? Where did that come from? What is productivity? I went down this whole rabbit hole of productivity and strategy, and I learned so much. And I realized that for the rest of my life, I have to cut my workload in half. What I think I can wow. do and what I'm actually going to do. And that one skill of saying, all right, I've got these 10 things, which five are the most important is one of the hardest things to do. But when you do it, it's freeing. Yeah. Ooh, it is. Um, you said a lot of great things in there. A lot. Um, you were talking about strategies specifically for when, you know, founders or entrepreneurs are becoming parents, you know, and they have this like impending clock that's ticking away. Like it's it's happening. Whether you're adopting, whether you're a grandparent getting a, your child's child, whether you're pregnant yourself, what's like an immediate strategy? Someone who's like four months away from getting a baby and they have a business. What would you say okay. to them? What advice would like, we're meeting at a Starbucks. I'm freaking out. I'm pregnant. I'm the CEO. I'm not JLo. I don't have a chef. I don't have four nannies. What, what would you say to me? First thing is make zero promises to anyone. Don't make any promises. And specifically to my American friends, um, there is this horrible 
terrible story we tell that maternity leave is like some sort of vacation. That's not true. That's a big lie. It's one of the hardest jobs you'll ever do. You would never take a new job where you're going to work 168 hours a week and be like, hmm, I'm also going to write a book during this time. Or like, I'm going to catch up on my emails, right? No, you're going to army boot camp. You've never done this before. Make zero promises and plan. Don't anticipate the worst, but plan for worst case scenarios, by which I mean, it is unlikely that you will feel better at 12 weeks. You'll probably start to feel a little better at 16 weeks, but the average parent gets a full night of sleep around six or seven months after their child is born. And it takes a really long time to learn things. So give yourself grace and permission and space and do not promise that you're going to deliver something four weeks after you welcome a baby into your life. Like just please don't do that to yourself. That is some of the most stressful. That's one of the most stressful situations you can get yourself in. So just tell people you're actually going to be gone. Like you're on a deserted Island with no Wi-Fi and no access. And if they say, well, so-and-so took eight weeks, you say, well, the world health organization was like recommend six months to a year. So how about 16 weeks? And if they say, oh, we can't do that. You say, the cost of replacing me is going to be a lot higher than just waiting a couple extra weeks for me to come back. 100%. You know, it's so true because don't launch your mastermind when you're, you know, got a five-week-old. Mm, not a good idea. Uh, it's, Did you do that? It is. No. <laughs> Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, I need to take the time. Um, I also, my husband um, worked full time, 10, 12 hour days. So I knew that I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to be the parent 24 seven, particularly those 12 hours. Um, so I put everything on hold. I put on the out of office. I didn't have any problem doing it, but what I had to do prior to that, you know, the arrival of my daughter was let everybody know I am here and I want you to check on me, but I'm not going to find that email that you wrote me three months ago so we can follow up on this. Nope. I'm out of the office. And really I'm not curing cancer here. People can wait. Um, I'm, what do you think comes like, a, I have a chicken or, or the egg question for you. Um, what comes first for an entrepreneur who's, who's about to it become a parent, their community or their business, you know, which one should they handle first? interesting. I'm going to need more detail. You mean, like, okay. Or, tell me about the community. Tell me about the Yeah. Community. So do you think an impending parent should be yeah. seeking a community at the same time? Or do you think they oh, should have themselves. the baby, do the, yeah, have the whole thing happening, running their business and then seek a community? Is it better to be kind of like find the community first? Gotcha. Gotcha. I've got such an entrepreneur hat. I was like running your community. Are you managing your, like, I thought this was another business <laughs> endeavor. Okay. Got it. Um, no, like community for oneself. Well, so something I didn't realize right away is that you have those precious 10 to 12 weeks. And there are a lot of mommy and me groups that meet up now they're parent and me and baby and me, which is so great because dads need this so badly too. But you're going to feel ready to go to those when your kid is six months old, but then you're back at work and you don't have the time or the space. So even though you feel like, I do not know, like I'm still bleeding, I'm still wearing like grandma diapers, I'm still, you know, like taping and moving. I don't know how, I don't know in how pain. to get in the sling. I'm in pain. Yeah. Like as long as it's like a block away or you can hobble to the car. And I'm talking about four to six weeks, not the day after you give birth. Try to get yourself to one of those classes because when you see another parent who also is like 
did I put my baby in this thing upside down? Like, <laughs> like, what do I do with that thing? Is this the right? You just learn so much when you're in the presence of other people that are trying to figure out the same thing. It's invaluable. Like I've had moms tell me, I didn't realize there were different speeds on the nipple. Like my was feeding my kid with a slow phone nipple and they weren't gaining weight because I didn't put the right nipple on the bottle. You know, things like that, where if you just get right. another parent and you just tell them, I have no idea what I'm doing. You can be like, great, let's figure it out together. So yeah, anyway. I, yeah. totally. I, I can't say enough about my mommy and me class. Um, and this was in 2007. So then um, we didn't have smartphones. We didn't really have Facebook yet or Facebook right. groups or anything like that. It was a lifeline for me and really kept my head on straight to actually make myself feel like a better mom um, and more prepared. So I definitely agree finding that community first. I think what's unique about what you've created with your Wise Women Council is it's a community of women, parents, and entrepreneurs. And how did you find a way to blend those two? Mm, It's so fun for me. Part of it was I was working at a startup when I got pregnant and there was a bunch of other dudes. And they were all young dudes. And I was looking around and I was like, "Mm, who has children? Like, how do you do this? And I didn't know, like, what happens if you have to pick the kid up by six o'clock and they charge you a dollar a minute, right? You have to get the kid. You can't just stay late for an extra meeting until seven. And I wanted to be around other women entrepreneurs. So I actually started interviewing them because I just wanted to get to know them. So I was like, you look cool. I'm going to interview you. You look cool. Like that's, that's how I built my first community of parent entrepreneurs. And then I had this magical aha moment. And for those listening, it was more like being hit over the head with a two by four. So it wasn't as much of an aha as like, <laughs> it's like, ow, oh, sweet thing. You've done 30 of these. Maybe you should have recorded them for other people to listen to too. And that's when I started the podcast. It was like, oh, yeah, I like these. Maybe other people will too. And then I had a six month old at the time and I couldn't, um, I couldn't take on more unpaid projects. I just didn't Mm -hmm. have the bandwidth. So I went out and looked for sponsors. We got a lot of sponsors for the podcast, which kind of startled me. Uh, And then I realized I had to pay taxes, which led me to Yeah. So, you know, Um, but that's when I started to explore and iterate and realize, oh, I think that there's something here. People really want to come together. There are a lot of people out here looking around for where are the other founders or where are the other executive leaders? Where are the people who are, you know, at the top of their career and they're thinking about entrepreneurship? We get a lot of people who put in 15 years at Google or Facebook or elsewhere, Amazon, and they're I want to start something on my own, but I haven't done that before. I want to be around other founders. And also I have kids who's doing this. Yeah. So that's how the wise women's council started. We started, this is our fifth year. Um, that's great. With eight people the first year and we had 40 people last year. Wow. That's so, and you're getting ready to launch. It is just so our audience knows right now it is February 2022, and you're getting ready to launch your next group. Um, tell me about the structure of the group and how you kind of like, because I noticed it starts in March, it goes to November. Yes, that's right. That's so it's so almost exciting. Like a year. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite of the school year to provide parents support across kind of the basically solstice to solstice. Mm-hmm. And then 
during the winter because it's so you get a cold, either kids are home, all of that. We have light support over the winter, but it's really a program for parents to get through the end through through the annual year, but through the end of one school year and into the other. Um, yeah. just to have some summertime for themselves. But the things I love about the Wise Women's Council, we have a standing connection call. It's our all group call every month, same time, same place. We have business coaches that come in. So if you're stuck or overwhelmed or feeling like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like, what do I do? Help? Is, is this normal? You can come to some of our business coaches and just get help. Every week we have something for you. And then we have teachers come in and they teach skills that aren't taught in normal business schools. So things like how to say no, how to deal with the mayhem and the unpredictability. Like how do you keep your demeanor and your sanity when everything around you is constantly changing? So oh, true. Yeah. I, and it's, it's such a good reminder too. And really, you know, we're kind of indoctrinated to say yes, right. To please, to be polite, to sit quietly and listen. Um, and the idea of saying no was like, no, that's rude. Well, I, I can, don't be rude. Um, don't be impolite. You need to say yes. Or we find another way to say no, like maybe later <laughs> uh, I can get to that. I don't, I don't know what are what are what is some of your advice for people who are struggling with actually saying the word no and prioritizing so things? Yeah, it's so hard, especially for women, especially for founders, especially for people who are new at something. You're just like, well, shouldn't I be doing everything? Like, how do I get how do I get through this? Saying no is a superpower. And my favorite phrase, and this is so simple, but it actually works. Um, my favorite phrase is, "Thank you so much for thinking of me. It's not the right fit." Short and sweet. That's it. You do not give any sort of excuse. No excuses. Because if you say, I can't do it right now, they'll say, how about later? If you say it's the wrong time of day, they're going to be like, what about the morning? And you're like, ah, I'm not getting paid enough. They'll say, well, we can pay you more. No, no, no. No excuses. If you know that you don't want to do it and you have to go inwards and be like, do I want to do this? And if you don't know, you can literally write yes and no on two pieces of paper and you put them on the floor and then you stand on each one. And you're like, how does yes make me feel? Terrible. <laughs> how does no make me feel? Oh, that makes you feel great, right? You can feel into it with your body. So that's not the right fit. And you can be really kind. Thanks so much for thinking of me. I hope, like, I wish you the best of luck. So powerful and um, so simple, actually, you know, to just say no. Um, and I don't feel that men struggle with this at all. Um, they have no problem saying, no, not good. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm good. Um, that's, that's really incredible. Now, back to the uh, Wise Women Council. Would you say the women that make up, the, is it men and women or is it, do you, well, it's wise women. women. Um, Got it. Yeah. Women who identify, gotcha. So um, the, the, w- the women that make it up in their parenting journey, are they mostly like, have babies, teenagers, is it college students? Are they, you know, what's the makeup of the group typically? Majority of people, like those who are maybe more type A or planful can come to us when we're pregnant, right? There are some people out there that are like, I'm going to get everything lined up. I'm going to get everything squared away. And so we do have people who give birth during the council because the council goes across eight months. And so some people email me and they say, I'm giving birth in May. It's like, should I join? And I say, you are welcome to take as much time off as you need. And then you can also just join with your video off and listen in and everything's recorded. So we're here for you throughout if you think that would support you. Um, But the majority, I'd say the main bulk of people have school age kids five and under. 
So they're, they're gotcha. young, they're toddlers, they're preschoolers, and they're right up to kindergarten. We have some mm-hmm. people with older kids, but by then they've often established their local group or their friend group where they've met people. And a lot of people who've been through the Wise Women's Council stay in touch with each other. So they're That's exciting. alumni groups. Yeah, they like, I, the, my dream for this was to create a container where you could meet the friends you'd have for the next decade your yeah. business besties, your colleagues, et cetera. And what I hear from people is that it works. And that kind of makes me tear up a little bit because it's it's hard sometimes to know whether or not your program is working, but I see people out there being like, oh yeah, we met in Sarah's program three years ago and now we talk like every other week. That's so exciting. That's so invaluable. I know when I joined my mommy and me class with my daughter, 2007, I'm still best friends with the women that I met in that group. And we've seen our kids from babies to now teenagers, God help us. Um, but it is, it's, it's also nice to know a group that's like, they know your business and they, they know your origin story. They know the kids and like, oh yeah, they're a chewer, they're a biter. Um, and then you can just go launch right into what's happening. Um, you know, whether it be like, I need help with social media marketing or, you know, my kid is teething and they won't stop crying. Um, it's, it's an embedded community that you've created, which is so unique because there I've looked there, this did not exist when I started entrepreneurship and my kids were like three and five then, but it was mostly networking groups that were old white men. And they were all about like, what are you going to get out of it? And I was like, there are, where, where are all the women? (laughs) Which is why I created Bra Network. (laughs) Yeah. It was just they're at home with the kids. But I mean, especially if you, you have kids that aren't in school full-time. Like if you have that two-year-old or then they're, they might be napping, they might not be napping, but once they get older, they are, there's a little bit more independence, which is great. But, um, I just feel like you're schlepping them everywhere from soccer to school to carpool to like, so it never really gets easier. It just kind of changes, um, and becomes more manageable because for me specifically, and it sounds like the women, that's why they stay in contact. The one, you need your community. You need the people around you to get it and to understand and back you up. And it's really, I'm not surprised that they, they haven't lost touch. It's right. so valuable. It's also, it's sometimes you can go about finding community. I don't know the entire breadth of who is listening, but you know, you might need a community of people that live in Chicago because that's where you live. You might need a community of people that really love running, right? You might need a community of people that are a certain race or gender identity. And it's sometimes what you do is you go through and you, you find one for each group. You know, mm-hmm. I've got my theater groups. I've got my, you know, nerdy entrepreneur friends. I've got my mom friends. I've got my athlete friends. Um, but it's hard. It's really hard to find all of them in one place. Yes. Like what mm-hmm. Wise Council does really nicely. And we have other offerings. So if you're a dad listening and you're like, yes, my moms all have all the groups. Like, where are the dad's groups? We're launching some of those over at Startup Parents. So you can come find those too. But um they say it's so nice to not have to code switch between work and parenting because you get it. You get that like, well, I was up at 12 and three and I still have to go on primetime television. And like, I'm a little cross-eyed. Can somebody help me like pad the undersides of my eyes? Cause I would like to be doing this. And also like, what are your tips on where I can hide and take a nap? <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's, the green room. <laughs> right. Like, what couch can I crawl into? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, and they get you, and they're not going to judge you. They're going to be like, "Oh, sweetie, I've had one of those nights. Oh, your television thing is today too. Okay, let's figure out how we can do this. And then, can you take a sleeping pill tonight and sleep for twelve hours? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's so so powerful. And 
you know, I think we also feel the need as entrepreneurs, whether your parents or not, that a lot of what you talk about is trying to do it all. Um, and I honestly learned the hard way that I can't do it all. I can't build a website. I was going to throw my computer out the window because I could not get WordPress. And I was like, why, why is this taking me 12 hours? Um, what are your thoughts on people who are just like, I have to do it all because it's going to save me money. I have to do it all because um, I, I have to pay for childcare. You know, how do we get out of that mindset of feeling the need to do it all? Mm, oh, you're speaking my language. I am. And I, I have, I've had my own website for now 15 years. I've had multiple websites. And whenever I would get an email being like, can you tell your web guy to fix this? I would be like, sure. Put on my own hat, you know, and like step over and be <laughs> let like, let me email myself. <laughs> let me email myself. I'll put that on my to-do list. Cause I used to do it all myself and it was clunky and it was terrible and it was bad. I think there are seasons of life where you are scrappy, where you are figuring out, well, I need to do an MVP. So this isn't going to be the full blown thing that I want it to be where, yeah, I am going to be the one under the hood, figuring this out. Um, the pandemic has asked me to be scrappier and I'll be very oh, yeah. candid. I used to wash my kids pajamas every single night, I'd take them off, put, you know, new ones on mm -mm. now they wear those pajamas until they stink. Like yeah. they wear those pajamas <laughs> five days in a row because I'm not doing any more laundry. So there's times when you get- I hope they're not washing towels too. Hang the towel up, no. use it twice. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> Bed sheets can last two weeks now. You know, you just it's fine. do what you do. It's <laughs> fine. It's just, just a sweat. Anyways, without getting too much into my personal hygiene, um, I think there are times when you have to be scrappy, but I have struggled with asking for help. And every time I do it, it's really amazing. It is so much better to do things with other people. And if you don't have the, the means, if you don't have the financial means yet, ask yourself what your constraints are. Is it money? Is it time? Is it connections? What are the constraints coming from? Is it a mindset? Is it a belief? Because if it's time, how can you get more time? Maybe you can share babysitting with somebody else. Find another mom like you and say, hey, can we hang out Tuesdays and Thursdays and we each get two dedicated work hours? Boom, you've got a little more time. If it's money, can you raise your prices? Can you barter with somebody? Can you swap for something? I have a web guy that I used to use where I would send him a bag of coffee every time he fixed something that I didn't understand. That's like $16, you know? He was so generous with his time, but he was also like, your problems are so easy. I do yeah. it in one second. The rate you're paying me is like $1,000 an hour. And I was like, deal, done. I'll send you coffee. You fix my website. You can barter. You can trade. Um, you can cut things off of your plate. Stop doing as much laundry. Stop buying certain things for a little while. Give yourself a break. Give yourself a pause. So those are some of my suggestions for how do you find the time? How do you squeeze it out? How do you actually, quote unquote, do it all? Well, you don't. You don't. Right. You lean on other people. You find scrappier ways and means. A hundred percent. And I think if you really want it, you'll find the time. That's what I've found. Like, if you really want to find the time, you'll find the time. Uh, do you so, need to be staying up? Decisions. <laughs> it'll, mm -hmm. mean, it'll mean saying no to something. So like, let's say you really love, I don't want to use TV as an example because everyone needs rest time, but let's say you really love your singing group, right? Or we really love going to musical theater shows. But we also really want to buy, like, write a book. Maybe we're not going to musical yeah. theater shows for six months. Like, maybe. I don't know. I actually think I'd be a better writer if I were surrounded by artists. So I don't know if that's the best example. But you might have to take something you love off of your plate. Ah, I have an idea. 
Yeah. When I was getting ready to launch um, my course, I took Instagram off my phone. Yeah. And that I was, I can't first off the muscle memory to just go and check. No. So already, you know, when you get the little weekly use uses on your phone, it says like six, six hours and 23 minutes. I was like, and then it shows you like social media. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, that's three hours. So once I took it off my phone, all of a sudden I had all this time. (laughs) Um, it, it is interesting. And the other thing, like if you're really looking, to, you know, like I need an extra 50 bucks a week or I need an extra hundred dollars. Let's really look at what you're spending it on. A lot of it is things like, do I need to have my nails done every week? You know, there's 30 bucks. Um, finding ways to like, look, really look at your budget, I think is, is very challenging. Um, and we really have to prioritize what it is we really want to achieve. Um, and that takes discipline and productivity. And you mentioned that a little bit. Is that talked about in the Wise Women Council, like productivity hacks or, you know, account? do you guys hold each other accountable? How does that kind of structure work for the entrepreneurship side and the yeah. parent side? So we, we take a slightly different approach because I think that parents, like when you're a parent of a young kid, you're hustling. Like you work top to bottom all day long and you're really tired. And so sometimes you actually need more rest. It just, it might be, hey, it'll be three months down the line. It's still waiting for you, but it just might be a second. Um, But in the group, so we have a theme each month and this year's themes, for example, we do relationships first, then we do boundaries and saying no. Mm. Then we do focus, our third month is focus. So finding clarity, which is also, what are you saying yes to in your life? What are you saying no to? What are you saying yes to? We have visibility. So how do you market yourself? We have a marketing teacher coming in. What do you want to be known for? Who do you want to be known to? Also, what needs visibility in your life? Like, do you avoid talking about parenting? Do you avoid sharing parts of yourself? Like, is there anything that needs more visibility? What are the other themes this year? We've got money, mindset, and rest. Those are the themes we're covering this year. So it's a blend. It's business and person, because if you're not well-rested and your mindset isn't clear and you don't know what you're focusing on, then all the business hacks and the productivity hacks won't work. Productivity doesn't work because productivity is about making things better and making them more efficient and getting better at what you already do. But if you're doing the wrong things, then productivity is useless. So strategy comes first. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then systems, once you get, yeah, put some systems in place, you know, just like we have the system of, okay, we're going to eat dinner bedtime. Like there's a bedtime routine, right? That's a system okay. that they tell you before, you, even when they're an infant and they're three weeks old, we're still going to try to create this routine, but we don't think to apply that to our business. Like we need systems. We need routine. We need to be show up at the same time doing the same thing. And I think it's hard for people to like, be like, Oh, there's yeah. the time I needed. You need to, if you really need time in your business, create a system. <laughs> yes. We have, so one of our business coaches, her name is Michelle Warner. She comes in and she does a whole session about what stage of business you're in, because a lot of times we try to do all the things, oh, that entrepreneur is doing this, or this entrepreneur is doing that, or I'm supposed to be. And she says, no, no, no. And when you're in validation phase, all you have to know is whether or not your thing works. Do people buy it? Can you sell it? It's going to be so inefficient. You're going to be getting like DMing people on social media. You're going to be phone calling. You're going to be emailing. You're going to be figuring out ways to sell this thing. Don't create a system when you're there. Just try things to see what sticks. She's like, that's in your validate phase. And if you see other people who have beautiful operations and scopes of work, if you make a scope of work for something you don't even know works, 
then you're wasting time, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, the next stage of business is really about refining your sales. And then you can move into systematizing and operationalizing and streamlining and getting efficient. But the biggest takeaway for me every time from her session, and we have her come back every year is, oh, right, put your blinders on. Here's where I am in my business. This is what I need to do in this season. Love that. Love that. And that's also a great way to remind yourself to say no to things because you're not in that later phase yet. Right. <laughs> I don't need that yet. Say no to that. Um, yeah. And then, so when you're with the wise women council and everyone's, you know, kind of gathering, do you, what kind of expectations are required of the group to kind of cultivate that community? You know, you, some women get together, they get a little competitive with the babies and mine's already walking and you know, like, Oh, mine's eating salad. So mine's got it into Harvard already. And they're two years old. You know, it's like, we kind of naturally can't help, but like look to compare how, what kind of like structure in the community to help, you know, delineate that a little bit. I love this question. I love this question so much because the very first thing we do is we go over our community guidelines and they're different than anywhere else I've ever seen. And one of them is we don't give any advice. Oh, I no love advice that. Given. Yeah. You're not allowed to. And <clears throat> the way that I, the, the trick that I give people to remember is advice is like blankets. One blanket is great if you're cold, but if you just throw a bunch of blankets on someone, it's not great. Like you just feel smothered. And if it's 90 degrees outside, you're just like, dude, stop. You know, <laughs> I don't need this, this advice. So people in our community start to know they're like, I don't need any advice blankets. The only time you're allowed to give advice is when somebody says, I am looking for advice for this specific situation. Uh. Yeah. And we do training in the very beginning around how do you do deep listening? How do you ask really good questions? And is it possible that the person can find the answer through a really good question instead of through a bunch of advice? So I need a little more information. What's that feel like to you? What is your intuition telling you? It's much more generous space and listening. Um, and, and I think how to answer the question about competition, it would seem like with 30 to 40 people, there'd be a lot of competition. And yet it actually does the opposite. And do I have time to tell like a two minute story as an example? Absolutely. Keep talking. <laughs> okay. So my favorite example of this is actually when I was learning how to breastfeed and it was horrible. Like very hard. it didn't work. It was super mm -hmm. hard. There's nothing intuitive about it. Like nobody is going to look at their body and be like, ah, oh, yes, squish this into a pancake, point it sideways, make sure it touches the back of their mouth and then the like open their lips like a fish. That's yeah. not built into my brain. I didn't know that, right? No. So, um, so I struggled, struggled, struggled. And I ended up having um, a particular like strange nipple problem that made it even harder. I had like this vein that wrapped, sorry, everyone listening, if you don't care about my nipples, but I had a vein that wrapped around my nipple that clamped it down and made it basically like, what's the word? Like a titty twister every time I- Ouch. Like, most painful thing Ouch. I've ever gone through. So I texted a few friends. I texted five different people and I was like, what? You, you have kids, did you do this? What was it like? I'm having a really hard time. One friend told me she wouldn't touch breastfeeding with a 10 foot pole and she had decided before she had kids that she would never do it. She's like straight to formula. I already gave gotcha. my body for a long time. Another friend was like, I'm really sorry. I, it was easy for me. So I, I don't know how to help you. Like I, it mm -hmm. actually just worked. Another friend said I made it three months and quit. And another friend said I had to use nipple shields. By hearing all of those stories, I was able to locate myself within that network of stories. Mm. 
Because had I only asked one person and they said formula, I would have said, I'm doing it wrong in my, like in my head. Yeah. If somebody was like, oh, breastfeeding is easy. I would have been like, I'm a failure. But because I was able to see, oh, everyone did it in their own different way. And there's a lot of space here for me to be whatever I need to be. And like, I I don't think I want to go all formula, but oh, she quit after three months because it was really hard. I have permission to switch. It made me feel really safe and really held. And they were all there for me and like, well, what do you need? And and where do you want to go with this? So I say that to say in our group, when you finally see other entrepreneurs that are parents, you say, oh, that one's doing a business in only four hours a day. That's really cool. Like, look at them set them. Oh, that one's doing a service-based business. She's doing a product-based. Wow, she scaled her business to 10 million. Okay, she's doing, well, she lives in the Midwest and she doesn't want to make more than this. And she's bought her whole house and blah, blah, blah. You just see all these different stories. And you get this kind of freedom to pick your path. And be like, well, okay, what do I really want? Not that, not that, kind of that, but Mm -hmm. my version of it. Yeah. Oh, that's so... Very, very. Oh, thank you so much. That was definitely worth it. Um, It is. And P.S. on a completely unrelated note, breastfeeding is extremely difficult. um, And there's no judgment behind it coming from me. That's for sure. But I also feel like if we grew up in caves and we just saw it every day, everywhere we went, probably would be easier, but we don't. Yeah. And if somebody was there to be like, oh, you're like your milk hasn't come in, I'll feed your screaming pterodactyl yeah. baby. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry, I'll help you. But we're just yeah. gonna live there. And also we just if we were next to each other, if you were lactating, now I'm getting to the science nerdery side of myself. Mm-hmm. Remember, I told you I was a weird kid. But if you were lactating, your pheromones and my pheromones would be talking to each other. And oh, I would yeah. probably have a much easier time making milk. Instead, we have these huge brick walls in suburban houses where like the nearest I am to another human, I don't have any females in my house. They all have penises. Gosh, <laughs> there's only room for one queen, Sarah. <laughs> um, I love that. You know, part of in the bra network, um, we very much believe in collaboration over competition. So we may have members that are like all wedding photographers, right? But this one shoots this wedding this way, but we all have our own styles and their own creativity. And I think that there is creativity in parenting. Um, and, you know, we all kind of take our own approach and, and everything and we laugh and share silliness, but it is, there isn't one standard. There isn't one standard how we were raised and how, and the, the same is true with our business. There isn't one way to do it. If there was, we wouldn't be entrepreneurs. We would be dentists. There's only one way to fill a cavity. There's only one way to extract a tooth. Well, there's probably multiple ways, but right. there's right. only one right. smart way, right? right. But to right. be an entrepreneur, there's multiple ways. So that's why the competition kind of gets out of it. We kind of like get it off of us of like, oh, okay, that feels good. Um, you know, it's like, I just feel like there's a lot, again, I feel like we're indoctrinated to very much see each other as competition because there wasn't a lot of room for women in the workforce. You know, even 10, 15 years ago, there's still a driving force to get more women in CEO positions and everything. And it's still very few. Um, And that's part of the reason why I feel like more women want to be entrepreneurs, to get to be the mom they want to be, to create the business and the lifestyle they want to be under their own rules. Um, Do you see that in your group? Are they all new entrepreneurs? Are Are they like serial entrepreneurs? You know, what's kind of the makeup of their expertise? All over the board. And we end up dividing, we have four different strata, different groups that you can join. So are you in a transition or a leap year? Are you a solo person or a small business owner? Are you a founder or are you in the executive space? 
those are kind of the, oh, and we also have like small to medium corporations. We added that group this past year because people self-identify in these different places. Some of them, you know, they're working at 200 person marketing firms, but they really want to start their side hustle. Yeah. Some of them have worked at Amazon. They've worked at tech corporations. They've worked at Apple. Other people, they've run a small business for 10 years. Some people have sold businesses and it's all over the map, but it's yeah. really cool. Like you were saying to just get to see other people doing it and be like, oh, Carrie's over here and she does like, she gets to do it from her own house, right? Or Sarah's yeah. over here and she, well, now everyone does because of the pandemic, but Sarah's over here and she does X, Y, and Z. And that's really cool too. I, I will say this um, also, I sometimes think a little bit more like of the conspiracy theories and the power matrices that are happening behind all of this. If you only have one woman in a workplace, you have a lot more control over telling them what they can and can't do. And so there's a lot of advantage to have people in power and making sure women are excluded or limited in the workplace. 100%. So many people tell me that they did not even realize what they were missing. But when they got to the Wise Women's Council, they're like, oh my goodness, I did not realize how alone I was. Like, I, like there's so much you put on your shoulders or in, on your back and everywhere you're carrying things around, like, I'm the only woman, I'm the only executive, I'm the only leader, I'm only the mom. only mom, I'm yeah. the only this gender, I'm the only this race, I'm the only this class, I'm the only person who came from this town. And it is so heavy and so isolating. And when you get to a group of people and you're like, yeah, this is normal. Like there are a lot of women entrepreneurs. I'm sure you see this in your group. It's just all the time to get to look around. And it's like, it is actually a relief. You would think this is a lie that people tell you. You would think like, oh, I don't want to be in a group of like seven other photographers. I want to be the only photographer. I want to be the best Mm -hmm. photographer. And then you get in that room and you're like, what do you do with your aperture? What do you do with this? Did you update to the newest stuff and houses? And like, but how do you get that lighting? Because everyone has their own style, their own aesthetic, their own location. You still get to be unique and you get so much more wisdom from the other people. Yes. And that's exactly what we bring to bra. Um, And it's really important. We kind of position our members to be their own experts and their own expertise. You know, it's, it's really important. Um, We do have a little uh, side, we call them push-up groups and it's called nursing bra. And it is for uh, women who are becoming moms or mom curious or are moms. (laughs) You definitely need to come speak to their group. Um, I definitely would love to have you a guest as a guest speaker to our nursing bras. Um, um, they would definitely love to learn more about the, the wise women council. This is so, so, uh, everything you've told us has just been so, so valuable. Um, before we go though, I want to make sure everyone knows how do we find the wise women council? How do we find you? Tell us all the places, all the things. Okay. Startup parent, startupparent.com. And if you go to our website right up there, it says wise women's council at the top. And I think there's even like a banner, an extra banner that's like, apply to join. Right. Um, but if you can't find it, startupparent.com slash WWC for Wise Women's Council takes you there. We are on Instagram as startup underscore parent and on Twitter as startup underscore parent. And I just started a TikTok channel. I am 38 years old. I do not need a TikTok channel, but it's over there at Startup Parent. We just had a video do 500,000 views. So wow. I know it's uh it was, Meanwhile, your husband's in the background, refreshing, refresh, refresh. Heard I have a hundred, five hundred thousand times. Yeah, well, it was, I was like explaining the timing of egg and fertilization, and like how you count your period and your last menstrual cycle, and people went bananas for that video. So I might stick around oh. on TikTok more. Yeah, right. 
little biology lesson for everybody. Um, it's important. <laughs> you know, it's probably Mormon teens that are watching this. <laughs> okay, maybe not. They probably can't be on TikTok. <laughs> I was in a lifeguard training program when I was 22. And one of the 16 year old guys was like, well, when you swallow water, it goes like you breathe it in your stomach. And I was like, oh no. Oh no. No, no, no. <laughs> and then I also like, I have explained sex ed to a lot of men. Um, like where is the different parts on the, the vulva, the vagina, the clitoris, right, the whole thing. those things. Like, what is it? Because if, if you haven't, if you couldn't tell by now, I, I like telling the truth and I like talking about things that aren't necessarily talked about. So I'll sit there in a bar with you and be like, listen, listen, my dude, let's talk about this. Nope. This happens here. No, no, no. Listen, I have an organ that grows to the size of a watermelon. Yours only, it doesn't even get as big as an eggplant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a fallacy, by the way, that emoji eggplant. Come on. Pickle. I was going to say hot dog, but okay. I'll go with pickle. There's lots of variety. I love it. I love it. This is so fun. Okay. Now, before we wrap up, we have to get carried away. That's how I end everything with all my guests. Now, I would love to know during the pandemic, what did you get carried away about? First, tell me how old are your kids? Three and five. Okay. So you might've had a lot of like, uh, they're kind of young for Marvel kind of things, but um, no, obsessed, right? You're the only queen. So what kind of kept the wheels on the bus going around and around during the pandemic. What were you guys getting carried away about? Oh, you know, we, we got them two tablets. They were one and three when the pandemic started and it was everything I could do to coax my 18 month old. I was like, please watch this, please. We had no screens up until that point. And then I was like, just for the love of all things in the world, just two hours, just watch anything. Right. Um, my, so they love planets and space. Ooh, love that. Love them. It's astonishing. My three-year-old always corrects me. He's like, no, Ganymede and Enceladus are the moons of Jupiter. And this one is bigger than that planet. And I'm like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Um, and unicorns and rainbows. Those are the things that are really- Those are magical. Else. Yeah. Those are magical um, things. And I used me, to work I, at space camp, by the way. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. Loved space camp. So I'm a space nerd. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, then come hang with my little one because he yeah, was just. We'll talk about, I'll talk about constellations all day. <laughs> he loves mm -hmm. it. He just loves it. Every night we read the same book on Jupiter. Like, cool. Cool. Um, and then I watched, I, you know, I was never good at binge watching television. And then the pandemic came and I had a one year old and a three year old and I was exhausted. I went through burnout, grief, depression, Ooh. like all yeah. of these things have been close friends over the last year and and more i watched 40 seasons of survivor <gasps> love survivor i love it so much i might go back and watch so it again. Good. i've never binge watched television my husband was like i'm so proud of you like you just you watched and i was like it's 40 seasons i don't even want to calculate it's a good how many show hours that is Good I show. Then you you really saw the evolution of the show, you know, like how it all changed and yes. Jeff Probst and the whole thing. It's like it's so great. Every time I watch that show, I'm like, I could do this. I could totally do this. Me I'm too. friendly. I'm a teacher. And then 10 days in, I'm like, no, nah, I can't do can't that. Do can't do it. My <laughs> I'd be so grumpy. Like, can't bug bites or the sun. <laughs> like I turn bright pink. If you're not watching this on video, if you're listening, I'm very pasty white. And I burn instantly. That's my skin yeah. is like instant burn. So on Survivor, I would be, what's his name? Cochran. I would be yes. the guy who burned like a lobster. Yeah. 
the whole time. See, for me, it would be the rain, like cold. I could deal with being hot, but to be cold and wet and rainy, I would be miserable. I would be like, I'm done, Jeff. Just take me home. Take me to the resort on the side of this island. <laughs> yes. Um, but that's, that's, that's amazing. Now, the other side of that coin is what's something um, people get carried away about that you can't even understand or tolerate. Like for me, I never could watch a dating show like The Bachelor, any of that crap. I can't watch any of those type of shows, but people are obsessed about it. And I don't get matcha tea. I don't know why anybody would drink matcha. Mm -mm. Yeah, tastes like lawn lawn clippings, right? And I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day. I feel like it's, you know, like, yeah, it's like, it's also near my birthday. So I feel like it's a little bit like, I don't know, a little home. I'm like, I'll give my kids like little hearts or something like that, but I don't need a whole big dinner and like roses and all the things. So those are things I'm just like, I'm in for that. If you're going to give me a Valentine's present, it's going to be three days to Florida. Like that's all I need alone without, without anyone else. Uh, I think, okay. So what the things I wrote down when you, you told me these questions were mom wine culture. I'm like um, really over that. I'm really over people calling moms superheroes. I think that's a cop out for not helping. I think that's like somebody like sitting back in a lawn chair with a beer being like, oh, you're a superhero. And all I want to say is like, get off the chair and take the baby. Like, <laughs> like it's your turn. Um, yeah. And that's so and true. Hustle culture. Like I'm like hustle uh, culture, I think is exploitative and overrated. And, and especially like, I just, I got so turned off when I was a parent because I was like, excuse me, I'm up at five. I'm, I stay up till 10. I work all day. And then I work through the evening. I'm working 168 hours a week. Do not tell me that I need to hustle harder. Like yeah. that's not the solution. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. Nobody's ever said that. I don't also like the whole idea of women have to hustle um, at all. To me, also the word hustle, when I first heard it means like you're swindling me, like you're trying to get away with something. You're trying to hustle me. Yeah. It has that connotation. Yeah. yeah that's so, what I always hear when I hear the word hustle. I think like hustle, I like to think of it at, like it's fifth gear in your car. You're never going to start your car in fifth gear and you're not going to spend all your time driving your car in fifth gear. Like there's a time and place for parking first yes. and second, third, right? The like, <laughs> car spends most of the time parked. So should you, you know, yeah. <laughs> like in bed <laughs> with right. the TV watching Survivor. Exactly. <laughs> but it doesn't mean, I, it, I don't want to say like never hustle. Like there are times when you push, there are times when you sprint, but even Olympic athletes, they might work out six hours a day, but they're still like resting and eating and recovering 18 hours oh, yeah. of the day. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or they'd be injured. Um, yes. yeah. So you have to conserve that. Wow. These were great. This was great answers. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you so much for being my guest and getting carried away with me. So many great takeaways. We're going to put all the places to find all the things for you in the show notes, as well as when we post it out there on iTunes and all the places, Spotify, bah, bah, bah. we'll have it all on our website as well at broadnetwork.com slash get carried away. So thank you so much for being my guest. This was so fun. This was awesome. Thanks for having me. Awesome. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. And that's how you get carried away. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Please like, comment, subscribe in all the places, iTunes, Spotify, you know where to go. Uh, Follow me and learn more about the bra network at bra underscore network right on the Instagram. I'd love to hear your feedback and what you get carried away about.